Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another installment of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. As always, I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Noongar Budja. Some say she's made for the stage. In reality, the stage was made for her. Today's guest brings her own special je ne sais quoi to all her performances that will leave you on the edge of your seat and your voice hoarse from cheering for an encore. She has been performing and dancing since before she could walk but we promise she's much better now than she was then. Her tendency for a lack of focus means all her shows are about completely different subjects and change to her whimsy. I love that. You never know what you're going to get. I am so thrilled to be chatting with London LaFocke. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Did I get it right that time? You did. It was off, great. Off air, I have just been like repeating your name <laughs> over and over again. Just been like, please, am I right? It was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I was great. I'm just going to cut all that bit where I pretended I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> um. So there's so many different avenues that we can go down with your incredible performance career, but I'd like to start the same way I start with all of my interviews. Mm -hmm. For you, why burlesque? Um, The freedom of it, Mm. mostly. Coming from competitive background, burlesque just meant that I could do what I wanted and I didn't have to fit in a little box and please other people. Um, That plus I fell in love with it from the movie course um but then discovering what it's actually like in real life mm. and I remember sitting in like my first fringe burlesque show and watching them and I was just like I want to do that I want to give people the feelings that I felt sitting in this audience oh I love that yeah. that's so great do you remember what that fringe show was it was it was a burlesque oh it was a yes, burlesque it was a burlesque that's amazing yes it was there oh, I can't remember what it's called now it was their little like witchy one they did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll just say yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. They will know what I'm talking about. You're completely correct, Veruca. Do not correct me on this like at all. <laughs> <laughs> so from like that experience, I do love that you were trying to like recreate that feeling that you felt. Tell me a little bit about that feeling. Was it just awe-inspiring or was there more to it? Um, yeah, it was awe-inspiring. I just like I love watching dance and performances mm. and I love it when the people performing – can share their stories and their feelings with the audience. Totally. And when that comes across really well done, like that's what we feel as an audience and that's what I want to give other people. Like it was just such a good, fun experience. And I just want to give that back. Yeah, great. Yeah. That's so good. Um, so where did you go from there? You had this moment, you had this light bulb. Then what? Is it just like go home and go, where are burlesque classes in birth? Or do you go like, what's the next step for you? No, it took me a little while um, because that was when I had my son. So I wasn't doing anything at that point. Yeah. Um, and it was quite a little bit down the track when I was finally ready to 
start doing things again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when you did finally make the step to like go and do it, where did you go? Um, I started with Sugar Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, I just jumped straight in. I remember messaging them on Instagram. I don't know who messaged me back, but I was like, <laughs> hey, I want to start. I see you've got like beginners and beginner solo. Can I do both at the same time? Mm. Or would you recommend like leaving the solo one out? And they were like, no, 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 it's fine. Jump straight in. Heaps of people do. Oh, cool. I was like, sick. And then I literally rocked up to the first class and Veruca was taking it. We go around the circle and everyone's like, I've done burlesque for this long and this long and I've done this many solos. And I sat there after hearing we have to perform in six weeks going, what the fuck did I sign myself (laughs) up for? Because online they hadn't updated it from COVID. So it still Uh. said there was no performances. And it was all theory based. And I was like, sick, I'll just learn some theory. Just learn some theory. (laughs) Like learning music theory, sitting there being like, I'm just going to learn all of the bits and pieces, but never actually put any of it into practice. Yeah. But what's the fun in that? Yeah. So what was the first routine you learned? Um, so I learned a very groovy little number. Veruca took out beginner class as well. Mm-hmm. So it was a really cute little group routine with that. Um, and then I also did end up doing a solo. Wow. You thought you were just going to learn the theory of doing a solo. <laughs> yeah, like history of burlesque, how to put some stuff together. And no, I yep. ended up doing it. Yep. What are pasties? 101. How do we do this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what was the solo number that you put together? Um, it was uh, Que Sera Sera. Mm. Yes. So I used a bit choice. of the original song. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a, a remix version. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't know what genre to place it under, but it's very like groovy. I want to say almost like hip hop. The way that you're moving your shoulders (laughs) is just like, it's kind of sombery. Yeah, they've got some like vinyl scratching sounds. (laughs) Like it's very, very cool. Yeah. (laughs) I like my music choices. They are cool. It was cool. (laughs) What was the themes that you were going for in it? Um, So I started in like a very covered kind of, I'm a pretty like innocent person Mm. in like a nice floaty dress and I'm having a picnic. And then it was, no, not anymore. Take your clothes (laughs) off and go be. (laughs) Go Go be this other person. Yeah. And it was kind of to represent my changes Mm. from that, like growing up um, with some older values from my (laughs) mum and growing up in a religious family. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yes. Um, So it was very innocent we had to be you know proper and respectful and then it was kind of my transition from that to then discovering why why am I doing this Mm. why am I pleasing other people I want to do what I want to do and then that was that yeah was this Mm. duality something that like took you through you were talking about competitive dance a little earlier can you talk about the duality of having to experience that in the constraints of a religious household yeah I mean it was the dance itself was okay like my mum did it when she was a kid as well Mm -hmm. um but it was very similar in the fact that because it obviously started generations ago, yeah. they have their rules that you have to follow. Mm. So I would go up to a coach and be like, I want to do this song in a solo. She's like, you can't because it's too old for you. Right. And I'm like, but it's on the radio. And she's like, yeah, but you're 12 and this song is for someone who's like, they wouldn't allow someone under 18 to use a song from the radio kind of oh, thing because it was too sexy. Right. Or not appropriate for your age group. Mm, and you're like, but I'm not listening to the words. I just have a, a killer beat and I want to bop. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like we were still doing like Disney tracks. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which can be quite limiting on like your development as a dancer. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And so there was a lot of like movie tracks, Disney tracks. Um, and then when you got to like 
what we call Cali skills, <laughs> which I know a few people in Perth are going to know exactly what I'm on about. Calisthenics? Yes. Yeah. yeah there was some um, beautiful um, piano pieces <laughs> that we had to perform to. Yeah. <laughs> very, very old school. And that's kind of what it was. So it was very, yeah, had to stick to in their little boxes and you had to please the judges. And I mean, it was competitive, so you did have to aim to... Mm plays the judges but at the same time it was hard to be unique and let things out yeah and you can only know as much as the person who's choreographing your routine knows and as much as they want to be open that's sort of like that's your wall that's your barrier to your expression yeah yeah okay interesting was there a big gap then between you leaving dance behind and then discovering burlesque like did you leave quite a big distance between those two things I did mostly because of where my life ended up going Mm -hmm. um so I got quite injured towards the end of my calcinics career (laughs) yeah um and a lot of people do yes um stretch everybody it's important (laughs) um (laughs) yeah and then I moved to Melbourne for a year Mm. um so I'd given up calisthenics and I tried pole dancing for a little bit oh cool um and that's kind of where I started learning more about like the adult industry Mm. and seeing that kind of areas of the world yeah um and then obviously I didn't do much in Melbourne and then I came back and then I traveled and then I had a kid and it just kind of took years of I don't have the time and the money and space to do something yeah and then um yeah I went through some stuff after having my son and and yeah after I fixed some of that up, I was like, screw it, let's do this. What's stopping me now? Like, Yeah, yeah. It, it's it. always, um, there's something in the way of, I think especially for femme people where it's like, oh, am I allowed to do a thing that is just for me? Is that something that I'm <laughs> allowed to be a part of? Yeah, yeah. And I've had many times of um, uh, that I do too much myself and I'm too selfish and oh. I don't, yeah. I've heard that many times in my life. <laughs> mm, I think my I've always been one to say like, well, the happier the person is especially so the happier the mum is for example like the more love and the more happiness she can provide to her family if she's miserable that energy gets passed on mm. so if you're like doing things that you love for yourself I always think that it's fantastic because it's like then you can pass on that love and self-love energy to mm. your family and to your kiddos I always find it really strange when people talk like that yeah and that's what I've been doing and after going through lots of therapy and talking to psychologists that's what they say as well like I have to you know everyone says your kid has to be number one, but at the mm. end of the day, you have to be number one because yeah. if you're not on top of things, you can't provide for your child. So it's been a big learning curve, but I've got there and now I'm like every time someone says to me I do too much or I'm not home enough with him, I'm like, well, you know what? If I don't go out and do this for myself, mm. I'm not happy. Totally. And he won't have a happy life. So Yeah, completely. That's why I do it. <laughs> yeah, completely. Mm. I love that. I love like the strength that comes with that. Um, and is that something you're like bringing into your burlesque routines or do you still keep those two parts of your life quite separate? Um, I don't know. I just, I haven't really thought too much about putting lots of emotions into mm. my, the routines that I performed so far. That's fair. A lot of the time it's just kind of, except for that first solo, a lot of the time it's just been like, I really like this song. Let's make a dance to it. <laughs> yeah, which is totally fair. Not mm. every single piece of art that anybody creates has to be like the most intense emotional experience <laughs> that we've ever had. <laughs> yes. I do have a couple like half choreographed in my mind, mm. but they are quite intense and yep. very emotional. So I'm like, I need the right space to place this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, mm. for sure. And I think we get quite quickly into, um, I call it like pain body. So you don't want to be on stage 
and performing from a place of hurt because then you're not giving your audience anything except like a shared traumatic experience. (laughs) You want to sort of be like, I've worked through this enough so that I can share this piece of art with you from a place that I know that you'll still be protected. Mm. I don't know. I could rant. I I do rant. (laughs) That's my favourite thing to do. (laughs) Um, Okay, so after you've performed your first solo, Mm -hmm. Um, what was your next step where you immediately like, I need to get this on like stages that are outside of like a class graduation sort of situation or did you continue in the class mode for a little bit longer? Yeah, I continued in the class for a bit longer. Like obviously I wanted to take it out, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't have a lot of confidence. Yeah, um, It was quite scary because growing up, everything that I did was coached by someone else. Mm. Um Towards the end, like when I got a bit older, I got to put in some ideas with my solo pieces. But since I was three years old, costumes, music, choreography, placing on stage, literally everything was done by a coach. So I didn't have a lot of confidence in my own routines. Um, So I kept going with classes and just every time an opportunity came up to do something, I'd kind of be like... Hello, can Hello. I get involved? <laughs> can it be my turn now, please? Can yeah. I do something? <laughs> um, it's really, really fascinating. So in this process, is this like something you would consider like figuring out what your artistic voice even is because all your decisions had been made by someone else for so long? Yeah, and that's why I think out of the acts that I've put on stage so far, they've been very different and that's mm. what my bio goes on about because I don't know who I am. I don't know who my performer is um, and I've grown up kind of – I like to call myself a social chameleon. Oh, explain the term. Explain it. Um, Where I can just fit into any group. Mm. And you would never know I'm not meant to be there. (laughs) (laughs) I can assimilate very well in different settings, um, which is probably why I'm so good at my job. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, it's great because it means that, you know, when it comes to it, Mm. I can fit in with any group and not be overly ostracized yeah um but it also means that at the end of the day I don't really know who I am and it's been a long journey of trying to figure out who I actually am and what is really me and what's just me trying to fit in with the world around me Mm, totally and burlesque would really sort of be exposing that quite suddenly to you as well because then they're like well what are your thoughts and ideas and you go no one's asked me that ever exactly I'm like (laughs) I can do what I want what do I want to do so many opportunities, so, so many, many options. Yeah, great. Which is one of the reasons that I wanted to talk to your, you, especially like somebody in this place in their career. It's really an interesting time where it's like the character isn't fully fledged yet, but you do have all of these amazing experiences to draw on. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, can you picture London going off in like a thousand different directions? Or Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I can see me doing like classical stuff, mm-hmm. like really classical bump and grind burlesque. Yeah. Um, like most people, I went through my little emo phase so I can go through some like grungy stuff. Yeah. Um, well, the costuming can look can, can look fuddy-duddy in the emo stuff and you can get away with it a bit more too. Yeah, exactly. It's much easier. <laughs> the classic routines, you can't use a staple gun. Uh, so. <laughs> no. I mean, you could. I just chuck a few rhinestones. It's just me forever (laughs) back on my like rant about wanting everybody to just staple their outfits together and me constantly being told to like, no, no one's doing that except you. Me and I think Havana Milkshake. I think that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Look, if I had a stapler, I'd probably use it. (laughs) If I had a stapler? (laughs) If I knew where an office works was. (laughs) (laughs) If I had an everyday use for one, I might have one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you mean you're not stapling paper together on a day to day basis? No, I don't even. The only paper I have in my house makes child drawers on. 
Yeah, right. I don't have a need for paper. I have a stapler. What do I use it for? I don't have a printer. I know I have a staple <laughs> remover. <laughs> what for? I don't know. I was given a little box of stationery for Christmas many, many years ago. And it had a staple remover but no stapler? Yes. Well, that's bad gift giving. I know. It was <laughs> weird. Hi, I want you to be able to remove your mistakes but I can't make you make them. <laughs> what is that? I don't, I don't like that. That's a bad present. Yeah, I think there were some paper clips in there. Yeah, I don't actually, I don't even understand why. I think I own a stapler just to fix up my ruined costumes Mm. because I don't have a printer. So what am I stapling together? I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't know know. either. Great. Somebody (laughs) somebody let me know what I'm doing wrong here. The answer is most things. (laughs) (laughs) Massive sidebar. Where else? So you did like this emo phase phase (laughs) of of London. Where else can you sort of see her developing? I don't know. Like. Literally anywhere. See, that's the problem is like I know I could just fit in anywhere. So like, mm. if someone was like, hey, we need an actor fit in this show, I'd be like, sick, let's do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So anywhere I feel like. <laughs> and one day I might decide on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also don't have to, I guess. No, that's very true. Yeah, which is sort of the beauty of the entire genre is that you mm. don't have to be a ballet dancer or a hip-hop dancer or a tap dancer. You don't have to like specialize in yes. a particular thing. You can just be a wiggly person and that's sort of it very true very true i think that's probably one of the big positives to come from calisthenics is because you have to be so broad and every year every act is so different and the Mm. themes are so different that i did grow up learning to perform to almost any theme yeah okay so massive like massive calisthenics version over here very confused as to like what people are going on about. I thought it was like a strength conditioning thing, but it sounds like I'm wrong. Can you explain explain to me? Yeah, well, I can try. <laughs> Calisthenics. Well, you're the, the be all and end all. Um, okay, so a lot of people. <laughs> it's all the bumper stickers. Yeah. The artistic sport. Um, a lot of people when I say calisthenics automatically jump to the American version, which is the thing that they do on the beach with the chin-ups and the push-ups and the Oh, I thought that was CrossFit. That's different. Oh, no. Also, we don't support CrossFit. No, God, no. no. CrossFit's dangerous. Yeah, very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. Um, yeah, so a lot of people assume that and it's mm-hmm. not that. Um, right. So it's Look at me not knowing what sports are. <laughs> is that the most on-brand thing I've ever done? <laughs> <laughs> um, calisthenics is only in Australia. I think we might have branched out to Singapore at one point, but only Australia does it. Okay. Um. The easiest way I find to describe it is it's a cross, a cross between rhythmic gymnastics and mm-hmm. ballet. Okay. But it's also nothing like either. <laughs> it is these things and also nothing. <laughs> so they're really strict. Yeah. Um, we're less strict mm-hmm. depending on where you go. Um, you say they, do you mean ballet and gymnastics? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we have some similarities in like our technique and the moves we do. Right from both of those areas of performance and dance. Um, but we do have the options to be less intense, if that makes sense. So, like, there's a few different grades, like A, B, A grade, B grade, C grade, et cetera. Righto. Um, depending on how skilled your team is, your club is, how many girls you have in a team. Right. Cetera, so it's treated as like, a, as, like, a team sport then. Yes, So, it's like, a team cheerleading sport. or something. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then so every year within a team, you – learn six different routines. Jesus, okay. And you perfect them over about three, three and a half school terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have figure marching. Great. What on earth is that? <laughs> what is that? Is that um, like just parade 
batons and stuff. No, I'm just we don't. Well, up. we don't usually have batons. Mm-hmm. Um, so figure marching is the aim of that is to get your entire team to march and maybe do some like snappy arm moves or a little bit floor work. And you march across the stage and you make patterns. Okay. So have you ever seen um, like those really fancy military, generally in Asian country, marching routines where yeah. they're like, they'll come in in a big clump and then they'll go out and make a shape and they'll change that shape and they'll do a big circle or a big wheel. Right. So it's kind of, it, so it's synchronized swimming on the land. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. That's great. That's perfect. <laughs> well, that's what my brain is sort of like those shapes that you're talking about. It's very much like how in sync can we be without talking to each other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So that and um, is that obviously they're quite a strong routine usually. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, and then we have club swinging, which again, if you think of rhythmic gymnastics, club mm-hmm. swinging, very similar to that. Our clubs are slightly different shaped. Okay. And we have a few different rules to what rhythmic gymnastics do. Okay. Um, for example, like we can't what we call cut the planing. Uh, explain. So if you are swinging your arms in a big circle out by your sides. Uh-huh. Um, no one's going to know what I'm doing. But. No, I love it. It, it looks like kind of like sideways. <laughs> like I'm just more swimming. I'm like sideways breaststroke. Yeah, like if you were yeah. to do like really big circles Really big circle arms, arms yeah. And you imagine that you have a wall right in front of you and right behind you. Mm-hmm. You can't hit that wall. Oh, you're like in a little box. Yeah, like you have to follow that plane. Okay. Okay. So this is mime work with a club. With a club. You're swinging it and making pretty circles. <laughs> So it's mime work, yeah. Yes. So we've got so we've got synchronized swimming on land, mime work with a stick, mm-hmm. um, two sticks, <laughs> two, sticks. two sticks. I'm so sorry, What's but it the, looks really pretty when you swim. It, looks, it sounds beautiful. <laughs> it is, especially when you have a big team and everyone's like in perfect timing. It's beautiful. Mm. Um, and then you have, um, we used to call it free arm. You now have to call it free exercises, right? Um, and that is the no stick. No stick. Right. No stick. This routine is usually the more like flexi floor work routine. Mm-hmm. So this is where you'll see people doing group lifts, partner lifts, leaps, walkovers, bend back, splits, rolls. Right. Okay. All that fancy shit. Okay. Um, as a team. As a team. Right. Yeah. Um, so you'll often have, and in all the routines, you'll often have little chunks where like one or two girls might do slightly different things and then you'll all come in and do like a, mm-hmm. like an exercise where like everyone's in sync. Yeah. Um. And then you have rods, right. which is very similar to, well, often very similar to like free, but mm-hmm. you have a long metal rod in your hand and they okay. measure it. It has to go from the middle of your neck out to the end of your middle finger. Okay. So everybody has like a personalized stick. Yes. Yeah. Everyone has a personalized stick and we usually cover them. It's like a cylinder? Like a, yes. A tiny okay. little, like maybe like a centimeter or so, so everybody's wide. given a weapon and then they've got a lightsaber fight. Almost. No. Well, you see, cali- I'm bastardizing calisthenics. Rules state that you can't hit people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But the first thing I'm doing as a kid with a stick is I'm finding someone to hit with it. <laughs> That's like Look, my yes. number one goal. Is like, where is my bloody brother, and can mm. I hit him with this stick? Mm, but then the stick would bend, and they're not. Ch- Wait. So they're not strong sticks. I mean, they're fairly strong, but they're very easy to bend. Yes. Okay. So I can't hit my brother with it. No, probably it'll break. Okay. Yeah. But All we right. we like to cover them with um book contact. Sparkly paper. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah pretty, so when you pretty. spin them really fast mm-hmm. on stage, like, they look really pretty. Mm-hmm. Are they hollow? They are hollow, yeah. So they make a little whoop, whoop, whoop sound then? No. Why not? I'm sorry. Because not? they're not big enough to make a whoop, whoop sound. Oh. I know. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, again, you just spin they're it around. Pretty, pretty spinny sticks. Yeah, and you do like, you twist them and make pretty shapes again. So kind of like color guard, right? Oh. Color guards like, like the batons in the parade. Ignore me. No, I, you don't, keep t- I don't know what that is. <laughs> Just ignore me. Oh my God, the look on your face was like, what 
the fuck? She's telling me lightsabers. She's telling me synchronized swimming. What like, is happening? That's a, that's a type of paint, isn't it? <laughs> that's color bond, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah <laughs> I'm thinking color bond and wait. Scotch guard, but in one. So we've done, we're only through like three of the routines, right? So wait, we're after, no, we've four. done four. So, yeah, so what's, what's left? The, the last one, well, second last one is um, depending on your age group, it's either mm-hmm. aesthetic or rhythmic. Very okay. similar. Um, you wear a long floaty chiffon skirt. Yes. Um, and this is always done to three, four timing. Okay. Um, so like more waltzy stuff yeah. for people who don't understand that. Um, <laughs> a lot of people don't know what three, four timing means. No, it's means. so fair. I just sat here being like, oh, I know what she's talking about. But I also was sitting here being like, is that because people think that it's more complicated? Because <laughs> it's not. <laughs> See, I grew up playing instruments, so I understand music things. Mm-hmm. And then I've discovered not many people do. Um, I thought everyone knew it. So yes, <laughs> waltz type music. Yeah. Um, and again, you, you walk down the stage. This is very pretty. This is the one that we're really emotional in. Mm-hmm. Lots of different facial expressions. Um, you often make people cry. Okay. Um, and you have the really big floaty skirts. So is it comparable to like lyrical? No, I know it's not the same. But yes. Well, rhythm- sort of vein? Rhythmic would be very similar to lyrical, yes. Okay, yeah. Um, and so this is where more of the ballet techniques come in yep, yep. in this particular routine. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference between aesthetic and rhythmic is aesthetic, you are not allowed to have both feet off the ground at one time. Oh, that seems a lot harder. So you're not allowed to do jumps and leaps essentially. Yeah. But so there's a lot of spins and stuff. A lot of spins and kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, and But in rhythmic, you are allowed to. Right. And you said that there's like an age gap between these two things. So is rhythmic a younger thing? No, rhythmic's for older. Right. So you're allowed to leap when you hit a certain age. Yes, certain age group, which I believe is intermediate, which is like teenagers and up. Okay. Yep. Why so many rules? I don't Why know. Why so many rules? A lot of it's safety because a lot of the time we don't have things that gymnastic places do like the mm. like the mats and the sprung floors and that kind of stuff right um so we don't teach that kind of thing because we don't have the safety measures to teach those kinds of things yeah okay mm-hmm. all right i'll try and bring it back on topic at some point <laughs> now that i've told us way way off um it's mm-hmm. often been like talked about this like dance to burlesque or calisthenics to burlesque pipeline how mm. real do you find that do you find that like this burlesque now is a more cathartic experience than your quite rigid dance training world very much so very very much so yeah again like the freedom being able to do what i want and mm. not having to fit within a box yeah um but it's also been difficult because it's been such a huge part of my life mm. um like in total i did it for over 18 years yeah so it's hard for me to switch that brain off and it's hard for me to watch myself and other people and not pick up little tiny bits of technique. Ah, and it's hard for me to relax, mm. like, like actually relax my body when doing the routine because I don't need to hit those perfect points. I don't mm. need to be strong and snappy because no one cares. It's not what's <laughs> being asked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'd love to dive into a little bit more about where you're artistically, where you artistically are now and a little bit about the scene um, that you're entering into as an incredible performer as soon as we get back from this super quick break. No worries. Queer, far, wherever you are, your perfect late night offering of glamorously gay song is here. In a Fringe World premiere event, the Queer Piano Bar is here to delight and captivate in a genre-blending masterclass of song, accompanied by Premier Perth piano talent Gavin Nicolet. Taking over downstairs at His Majesty's for four nights only this February, you can get your tickets through the Fringe World app, 
website or the Arts Culture Trust website. Sing the night away with a glamorous lineup of award-winning and critically acclaimed vocal talent from the best the festival has to offer. We're back. I still have the pleasure of looking at the incredibly stunning London Lefoc. Oh no, I'm going to get wrong. Lefoc. Lefoc. Yes. 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 Lefoc. Yes. Oh, why did I doubt myself? Why did I doubt myself? Doubt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, in the first half, there was some bits and pieces we started alluding to that we didn't really touch on. So we'd like to chuck a trigger warning in here um, for domestic violence, um, and especially in relations to the arts. So people, please take care when listening to the next half of this episode and don't feel like you have to get all the way to the end and look after yourself. Um, obviously, I've cleared this with you before. <laughs> I'm not just springing this on you right now. <laughs> oh my God, stop. No, keep going. It's fine. <laughs> this is live, so you can't go back. <laughs> um, that's That would be really bad because I, I made a lot of errors earlier on. Oh, I actually um, had the most vivid dream this morning mm-hmm. where it was live, but oh. I also woke up um, five minutes after I was meant to be here. <laughs> Great. And so you just had to prattle on live until I arrived I half like, an hour late. Yeah. Like, London <laughs> will be here soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. That's so <laughs> scared me. No, please. This couldn't be live. This could not be live. I would be cancelled. I'd be kicked out. Like I just, I am not good at like continuing a conversation in an eloquent way for everyone, you know, who's listening right now. I edited this (laughs) (laughs) to make myself sound like I know what words are. Yes. (laughs) Okay, hang on. Um, With that trigger warning still in place, Mm -hmm. um, if you're comfortable only to the extent that you are comfortable, um, you mentioned briefly um, off air that there was a history with domestic violence that sort of um, you recovering from and getting out of mm-hmm. pushed you into an artistic uh, pathway. Are you okay touching just a bit on that for us? And- yes, for sure. So um, after I had my son, um, obviously I wasn't working with, for the first time in mm-hmm. so long um, and that's when I got to go out and go to that fringe show. And I remember sitting there and thinking, I really want to do this. But I was like, when am I going to have the time? And mm. at that point it was, I'm going to have to wait till he's in school yeah, before I can start doing things for myself. Um, and then things at home obviously got a bit difficult. Yeah, um, Went through a lot with his dad. Mm. Um, I, I don't want to say I'm lucky that I watched a friend go through it, but I did have a friend when I was younger go through a much severe much more severe relationship. Okay. And so I could see the warning signs with my own. Mm. So I got out very early. Yeah. Um, not early enough, but I got out very early. And um, it was after the second time that I'd been in hospital. Yeah. Um, so the first time I was really lucky that I could go into the King Eddie um, mother and baby unit. Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Which is a very, very good uh, support system that we have mm. available to us. Um, we need more of those. Yes, completely. We need more of those. But um, yeah, just anyone that's having kids or had kids, please go and ask for help because it's out there and it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk, but it's not mentioned the sort of assistance that is available to people once no, they've given birth at all. It's really hard to find mm. as well. It's it's out there, but it's hard to find. Mm. Um, and there's so many stigmas around what you need to look like as a parent. That. Yeah, to be deserving of assistance. Yeah. yeah, and so many times I thought I was a terrible human and then when I got the help and I would chat to the psychologists and the psychiatrists, they were like, no, no, a lot of mums feel this way. Yeah. It's normal. We just don't talk about it. And mm. I was like, oh, we should talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought I was having a unique experience. It turns out I'm not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I was in hospital then for a few weeks, got out, um, had yet another argument with the, I don't even know what to refer to him as, um, that one. Yeah. The father of the child. Him. <laughs> him. Um, yeah, and then at that point I was like, well, I know it's not me because I've just done three weeks in hospital of really intense therapy. Mm. It's not me. Yeah. Um, and the final straw, so he was the kind of person that would like throw things, punch walls, yeah. threaten, um, very narcissistic. Yeah, create violence abuse. around you. Yeah, Yeah, and a few times it grabbed me but not to much extent, thank goodness. Um, but no, my final straw was um, when he picked up my dog. Oof. Mm, yeah, and the sound that came out of my, my mouth when that happened was mm. like – I, I think he must have yet yeah, heard my voice and look on my face and he was not going, even though I was smaller and weaker, he was not going to win that. Mm. If, if anything more than that happened, yeah. I was, I was like full mama bear mode. <laughs> Put the dog down. Pretty much. And then mm. I was like, I can get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, which he didn't, but I grabbed my son because he was nine months at the time. Poor little baby. Yeah. I grabbed him, jumped in the car and went to the gym, which is where I wanted to go. That argument had been over, can I leave your child with you for an hour? Mm. Um, but no, he'd been at work all day, so he was tired. <laughs> anyway, I went to the gym and where my, like, friends were. Um, so I got a lot of support there. Mm. Made sure I was safe when I got home, that kind of thing. Um, and then, obviously, dealing with all that afterwards, um, ended up landing in hospital a second time for another few weeks. And that one was harder because my son was too old for me to go to the mother and babies unit. So I had right. to go in on my own. Oh, no. So yeah. he would have would have still been quite young though, right? Yeah, he was over a year by this point, but they only take um, mother and babies when the baby's up to a year old. Shit. Or like uh, walking, crawling or walking or like a year old is kind of yeah. their, their limit. Um, so I was in Juneau up this time. Mm. Um, and my mum, love her to death. She helps out so much. Um, she had him for me and would come visit every day. To bring him in, so we, we like to, see each, to see each other. That's good. Yeah, yeah. During visiting hours, every day she'd bring him in. I think it was like one or two days where she couldn't make it, mm. but yeah, so that was nice. And that it was that hospital stint. That's when I was like, when I felt better after that time, I came out and I was like, I'm changing everything. Yeah, I'm gonna do the things that I want to do. Yeah, and I came out and that's when I signed up to burlesque and that's when I started working again. And I was like, no, nah, I've got to do this stuff for myself. I don't care what other people think anymore. Mm. I need to do this for me. I want to do these things. Because um, one of the biggest things in um, mental health units is art therapy. Mm. Um, they always have an art room. Yeah. And you can choose to go and do their activities or you can go and sit in the art room all day. And a lot of the time I'd go and sit in the art room. And having that free time where I wasn't looking after a kid or mm. working for someone else or trying to keep on top of housework and all that kind of adult yeah. stuff brought back my love for arts and artsy stuff and I was like this is what I want to do I want to create I want to do things I want to show people stuff yeah. and that's when I started doing it and I was like screw everyone else I'm doing what I want to do and that was it wow you yeah. gave me you gave me <laughs> shivers and goosebumps it's so powerful the rediscovering of art and artistic expressions mm. um oh my goodness uh 
So when you found a Sugar Blue, I don't mean like, oh, I feel like I'd end up doing ads for Sugar Blue. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Sugar Blues, yet another advertisement for you and your incredible skill. Um, when you went to Sugar Blue, did you immediately find it to be an incredible safe haven, like straight away? Absolutely. Yeah. There was um, a little bit of anxiety still going to my first class. Uh-huh, of course, yeah. Especially because I wasn't long out of hospital. Yeah. And, well, and you were supposed to only be doing theory. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> no, but um, so I – one of the reasons I chose Jigger Blue is because Veruca mm. teaches there um, and uh, our families actually go back to primary school. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so like our mums know each other and my sister was her best friend. and. Aww. So, like, we knew each other from back then. So mm-hmm. I was like, even though I'm not, you know, close with her or anything yeah. at that point, I mean, I like to think we're close now. <laughs> we're friends now. Right. <laughs> right, are we? Um, but no, because I knew her, mm. I was like, at least I, I'm not a stranger to everyone yes. when I go into yeah. that first Which lesson. can be so daunting, especially when you walk in by yourself. It's not like you go in with, like, seven friends and like, we're all taking a burlesque class. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I have a big history of, like, anxiety and there's been times where I've not even been able to like leave my house yeah. kind of thing. Um, so that was a big and huge scary moment. But then first class in, you know, everyone there is so lovely. Mm. And I finally felt like I fit in because we were all so unique and weird in our own ways, but we're also so understanding. Yeah. Um, and everyone has their own history and background and their own trauma and things they deal with. And mm. But we all love and support each other. And that's one of the, things that I love most about the burlesque world is it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from, mm-hmm. everyone will be there for you and support you and everyone can do burlesque. It's for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone can do burlesque and it's for everyone. Mm. Um, That's like a, a stunning line and I think we're actually going to have to leave it on that incredible uplifting moment of just starting something, starting something because you're finally taking care of yourself and I think that your message today has been like really powerful and important. Like I said, you gave me shivers. Um, so tell people where to find you on the interwebs. Um, you can find my uh, burlesque Instagram, which is um, london.lufoc, which is – got to spell it. Sorry. London. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just really dumb. You can no. spell it. London is L-O-N-D-O-N. Oh, my God. <laughs> I meant to say – oh, my God, I love you. That's so funny. <laughs> and then a, a full stop, a period, period full stop – the number of times I say um, hyphen to people oh, right. on the phone like and they're like, what's that? Yeah. How do you spell that? And I'm like, no, no, it's a dash. And they're like, a what? <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Um, and then Lufoc, which is L-O-U-F-O-Q-U-E. Yes, perfect. That's perfect. Instagram. Oh, my goodness. And are we going to see you at anything at Fringe World 2023? Yes, that yeah. you want to plug and promote right here? Oh, well, I mean, um, I'm actually now with Lady Velvet Cabaret, so I work with Lady Velvet Cabaret. Amazing. So I'm very excited to be a part of their um, show in Fringe, which is Space Oddities. Oh, tease. Yes, <laughs> I know. Got to get that word in. Yep. Um, we are having some encore of Licentious, mm. which for those who are unaware, was the um, kink-themed burlesque and cabaret variety yeah. show. Um, and most excantingly, I finally get to be on the stage with Frankie Fatale. Yes, tell us all about I'm this. so excited. I've been a backstage bitch for two years. <laughs> <laughs> She's finally letting me out from the curtain <laughs> and I get to do my thing. So that's in fantasy, um, which... 
is going to be bigger and better and wetter than ever. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> uh, well, you'll find links to all of these incredible shows and productions and Instagrams and all of that good stuff in the show notes today. Uh, once again, I want to thank uh, London for joining me today. And remember, everybody, if you like this podcast, you can like us across social media, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app, or send us a question to waexposepod at gmail.com and we'll ask our next incredible guest. Thank you. This has been a real treat. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. WA Expose is an independent production. Our artwork was created by George Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burroughs. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Expose. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.